All right, welcome back. Welcome back to uh, this is what we call Ask Me Anything Sunday session. Uh, well, uh, wait for a while. I just want to make sure that I'm actually going live on all platforms. As you probably know, Melon App failed on me last entire week, and I spoke to them. You know what they actually told us? Um, in fact, one of a social, one of a one of a server. They say one of a DR server actually stopped audience or so-called stop users from going live and i was like what and they have no idea until somebody actually responded and me being one of them all right so that happens sometimes you know when you depend too much on technology then uh, that's the challenge that's why if you are planning to go on content creation and uh, in fact i've been advocating about content creation in the past many months if in my opinion any business if you want to get yourself ready for web 3.0 you got to get into the content game because audience are, audiences are you know your consumers are getting smarter and eventually uh, the technology is going to evolve and uh, as we evolve as well as you know user behavior evolve as well um, people demand something more authoritative and uh, they would actually know how to make their own choice based on information that you present to them and in order to uh, start building content to support your whatever that you are actually trying to put out in the market i think it's quite important for you to start doing the content game you see the other day i was just having a discussion with one of my you know like fellow digital marketers um, they were asking me you know what's the difference between web 2.0 and web 3.0 and uh, essentially uh is it okay to start right away on uh, you know web 3.0 ignoring web 2.0 in fact there is a confusion here in my opinion web 2.0 and web 3.0 when it comes to essentially marketing is pretty much the same it's all digital as in like you know it's just the differences in terms of platform in terms of um what do we call the technology behind it and all that if you my i mean my simple short answer to this thing here is if you can't do well in web 2.0 you are not ready for web 3.0 but if you're doing well in web 2.0 you're actually preparing yourself for web 3.0 it's just part of the evolution remember we talk about web 1.0 it was the time where you know websites are static it's like single pages and everything you know and uh, those people who can you know game the seo game as those people who know how to play the seo game would eventually thrive at that point of time and eventually web 2.0 was the time where social network became a thing uh, you know like everybody can actually become a publisher everybody can become a content creator that's the time where uh you know bigger companies like facebook google they rose into dominance because they were the ones who actually controls the platforms but moving forward as the decentralization of Web 3.0 is taking place, um, there are more and more fragmentation when it comes to uh, platforms, when it comes to technologies, and uh, you know, people will actually flock to places where uh, you know, like-minders gathers and all that. So I think, in my opinion, you, for those who are, ready, who are already doing well, you, know, you should be okay. But if basically it doesn't make a difference whether you want to start 3.0 or 2.0, the whole idea here is if you want to start building a brand for yourself or your company, you know, you're going to start working on the content right now. So that's my take. All right. I've been talking a lot about web 3.0. In fact, this is the topic that uh, among our peers we have been discussing. Like the other day, I was just having a discussion with Nizar. He is also very passionate about web 3.0. We actually 
he is going to meet more people who are really specialized in this area, especially on the technology side. So whenever he's ready, we're going to bring him back. But if you miss our last week's um, three marketing show, you know, in the last Wednesday, you got to go back to that because Nisa shared with us um, Google Data Studio. It's mind blowing. I mean, seriously, you have no idea how powerful this thing is, especially agency people. I'm urging anyone who is running an agency because one of the biggest pain we have I mean, I used to have that pain, but I no longer have it because I'm no longer running an agency. But as we all know, running an agency, the biggest challenge is to do report. Reporting is a pain in the bloody ass. So how do you actually do that in the most effective way, turns out? Uh, well, Google Data Studio allows you to do that in a very beautiful, interactive, and powerful way. So go over and take a look at uh, what Nisa shared uh, in the last three marketing show and uh, just take a look at it. So now if you're new to this, if it's the first time we meet, thank you so much for joining me, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching the replay, or you just stumble upon this thing out of nowhere, or if you're watching this live as well, thank you so much for joining Ask Me Anything Sunday. Let me bring this up. So Ask Me Anything Sunday is my regular Sunday routine where I go live every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Malaysia time. To answer questions that I get from uh, through all my social media channels, uh, be it on YouTube, on Facebook, or those who actually drop me message on Instagram, Facebook. Well, I don't really prefer Instagram. <sighs> I mean, seriously, I'm not really good at managing all these so-called communications. In fact, that's the reason why I do live like this, because I prefer not to answer your questions directly because it would actually get me engaged into, you know, like back and forth kind of like uh, text exchange, which is not very meaningful in my opinion the best way for me to answer your question is to do verbally or you know over here via live sessions like this so that i'm able to address in a more meaningful way to give you more examples and all that so if you drop any questions remember to come back to this um you know ask me anything sunday to get my answers to your questions all right so um as usual before we start um so basically if you want to ask any questions just pop your questions, especially on YouTube channel and any, everywhere else. And uh, I'm going to gather back onto this, uh, you know, like weekly session, AMA session to answer your questions. Now, um, as usual, before we jump light right into the questions that I've gathered, I have five questions today. So if you're watching this live, you have any questions, uh, feel free to pop in the comment. Um, I'm just going to come over and, uh, you know, bring them up, especially if you're watching this live, I'm going to bring them up and uh, answer questions now before we start i just want to give a quick shout out uh, for anyone everyone who have not um been listening to my podcast i think you should because um this is where i share more in depth uh, short snippets about you know facebook advertising digital marketing and anything that is surrounding because i'm actually doing this as as like sort of my you know like daily record journaling kind of thing voice journaling i call that well because every day we, we, we do different things especially for me i do a lot of coaching sessions i talk to a lot of people so um i learn a lot on a daily basis so from what i learn well i would usually pick a topic to talk about on the you know every night before i go to sleep so basically this is where i share um short clips so i just want to quickly walk through about you know some of the topics that we discussed uh, since last ama so basically, the AMA will be published as one of the episodes usually on Sunday. That's when I take a break. So um, after the AMA, as you can see on the episode 54, I was talking about two Facebook ads, creative and copywriting mistakes to avoid. Now, this is a juicy one. If you run ads on Facebook, you definitely want to come in and look at 
uh, what are the ad creative and copywriting mistakes? Two of them I discussed. In fact, there are more. But then again, in this short eight minutes clip, yeah, I shared two major mistakes or you know fatal mistakes that you must avoid at all costs. And uh, in episode fifty-five, I talk about I, I discuss about the differences between auto automatic placements and uh, manual placements. Uh, for those who run ads on Facebook, you know this is really where you choose where to show your ad. But uh, there's always a debate whether, oh, should we go manual or should we go auto? You know, what's the reason why you choose one over another? This is where I share my thoughts. I have my own way of choosing placements. And uh, I also share with you what are the Facebook's preferences. You know, uh, Facebook would say that you probably want to keep four at least, you know, placement in order to optimize for, for appearances and, you know, uh, to actually keep your CPM down, to reach more people, to get more results. That's the you know usual thing. So 56, which is the one that I posted yesterday, I talk about when it comes to audience targeting, should you go broad or narrow? This is a very, also very uh, debatable topic, whether you want to go broad, you know, as in like, this is really what Facebook is advocating uh, for the past few months right now, in fact, years already. They've been telling you that you go broad, it's going to help the campaign to grow faster, to learn faster. And... Um, but there are still certain school of thought that prefers to go that narrow. Like the other day, I was just looking at uh, auditing one of a campaign. They went super narrow. I mean, they were choosing one digit targeting per ad set and they were like breaking it into 10 or 20 of them. So this is where I share with you my thoughts. So if you haven't listened to them, go over. You know, it's free to listen. Uh, where you can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's all there. All right. So this is just a quick one. And uh, this is the QR code for you to scan and choose the platform that you choose to, you know, listen to this one. Okay. All right. I have five questions. I'm just going to quickly go through them while in the mean, mean, meantime, you guys can pop your questions in the comment uh, and I'll bring them up. Today is Wisat Day. So those Buddhist friends, um, happy Wisat Day. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of people having prayers and celebrations. It's, it's one of a... You know, this is the beautiful thing about Malaysia where we celebrate, celebrate all basically uh, festives. It's quite interesting. We just uh, finished celebrating Raya, long break, right? And now we're back. Hopefully everybody is getting back to work right now because, uh, yeah, it's about time, right? The second half of the year is starting and the world is quite chaos right now. Uh, basically, a lot of things happened in the last one week or two. So, yeah, it's time to have fun now. Let's go to the first question that we have from Inter Top 10. So Inter Top 10 posted this comment on uh, my video about Facebook Pixel versus Conversion API. In this video, I was talking about the differences between Facebook Pixel and Conversion API. And uh, in fact, they are both the same thing. I mean, it's just different implementation. So basically, Facebook Pixel, as we all know it, it is actually a string of code that you can place on your website and it helps you to gather information to help you measure success of your Facebook ads campaign. We used to do it, we used to use uh, pixel data to do sort of analytical um, tool as part of an analytical tool that we use to measure, uh, you know, our website performance and stuff. Uh, but we stopped doing that because um, since the iOS 14.5 update, um, the attribution part has been missing and we lost a lot of, a lot of data. So basically, we're just using Pixel to attribute to make sure that we are getting the right reported results in our ads manager. So um, in order to improve the, the so-called attribution and the tracking, 
uh, then Facebook push started to push conversion API, which is actually just another application of Pixel. So Pixel is to install in your website. Basically, uh, what we usually do is like, let's say, for example, if you're using uh, WordPress, so you install Facebook Pixel on WordPress. So it's in the content management system. So you just put it, you, you're using normal code insertion, so it's going to get in there. But conversion API is server level in, uh, application. So you got to install certain string of code onto your server. So instead of just getting info from your pixel, which is on your browser side, they will also get data from the server side to match. So they are fundamentally tied back to the same pixel ID or you use, yeah, it's the same pixel ID. So there are different uh, application of server. This is a little bit more complex, but if you are using things like Shopify, WordPress, and those more uh, popular um, content or so-called the content management website builder, it's definitely a lot easier for you to implement. But if you want to do this on your own, if you're not part of the, let's say, you know, you're not using WordPress and whatnot, you probably need your developers help to do this. So fundamentally, it's in the top 10 we're saying you can have both, but when you're running ads, you will be only able to select one. You think, uh, I will have to say that you are wrong because when you're running ads, essentially you're choosing one Facebook pixel. All right, you're choosing one Facebook pixel to apply the, the attribution and all that, you know, basically this is the one that you're using. Let's say if you're driving website to abc.com, of course, you're going to use pixel installed on abc.com. So when you choose the pixel, they are going to trigger both conversion API and Facebook pixel. So basically remember, it, these are not two different things. It's just one thing, but two different applicate. So sorry, two different uh, installation as in like one is installed at the server, the other one is installed at the, you know, the browser level. So it will trigger. So eventually if one is not reporting, one is not being triggered correctly, the other one will come back and, uh, you know, at least to capture the data, you won't miss a lot of things in between because we know that um, there could be some, uh, you know, discrepancy in terms of the number reporting and all that. They may not be 100% accurate, but then again, because you have both pixel and conversion API, it helps you to at least, um, you know, like capture, I mean, the more accurate level of data coming back to your, your campaign to attribute the success of your campaign. So that's how I would look at this. Basically, in my opinion, if you ask me, should you apply either pixel or conversion API, I would say if you can apply both. Uh, yeah, I mean, that will be the best scenario to make sure that you're not missing any data. All right, so that's for in the top 10. Then the next question is coming from, I'm so sorry, I can't read your name because I, 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 I'm not sure what language is this. But then again, uh, this is a comment posted on my video about publishing Facebook ads to Facebook page. You see, here's the thing. Not all the time we're going to use whatever we are posted on our Facebook page to run ad. Like usually if you do that, that will, that will mean you boost a post. But if you are creating an ad in ads manager, usually those ads are dark posts. You know, at one point we call them dark posts, um, but they are unpublished posts, which means these ads or so-called these posts created as an advertisement are not publicly posted on your Facebook page. I mean, the idea here is very simple. When we are running ads, essentially we might be using baits, promos, discounts or whatnot to actually get people to take action. So we may not want to show the same content to those who have already liked our Facebook page. 
So essentially, that's the differences. So basically, if you want to post a certain advertisement back onto your Facebook page, I mean, there are several reasons to do that. One is probably you want to share the same promo to the audience as well. Uh, also, the other one is probably you want to also grow some organic engagement on the post itself to probably help you, you know, like boost the performance of your advertisement. One way or another, it might affect the performance, yeah, the outcome. So um, if you want to do that, basically, there is a way to publish your post, so-called your ad to your page as a post. But uh, this, my friend came back and said that, is there a way to make it this in 2022? And it's not working right now. I mean, it got me puzzled as well. So basically what we did was I went in uh, and I actually tried the same thing. You can still do that. So all you need to do is you go into your, either it's you go in through the ads manager or you can actually go in through the business manager level and then click on this hamburger, which is the three stroke and uh, go for all tools, go all the way down. Then you'll be seeing this engage customers and there is this page post option. So um, I'm going to open it as a new tab. If you're listening to the podcast, you just need to go back to the video version of this. But then again, you can go into your business manager and look for page poses. So when you go into page poses, um, well, if you have two, so what do we call the, uh, I mean, oh, I don't know what's this. So um, let me actually log in first. So that's that. So when you go in, then you'll be able to see the content management panel of your Facebook business manager or the Facebook page. Now, in fact, right, Facebook now is really pushing um, Facebook business suite, something that really confuses people um, between business suite and business manager. In fact, I actually started playing on both. It's quite interesting. So now let's say, for example, if you come into the page poses, this is your content management panel, you can still see published poses, schedule poses, and most importantly, the ad poses on the left sidebar. So you go into the ad poses, then you'll be seeing all the ads created. So um, I don't have recent ad on Travel Academy, so I probably will just go into Jason, but I don't think it's important. So this, this is where you will see all the ad, all right? So let's say if you choose one of them, okay? So choose one of the ad uh, by selecting, checking the, you know, like you know, the checkbox at the front. And then there will be a post detail. You'll be seeing the post preview and all that. You know, on the top right, you will see there is an action button. So you click on it. You have the choice to publish, schedule, delete, or create ads. So it's the same thing. Nothing changed, my friend. I hope uh, you're actually navigating to the same, to the right place. So if you choose publish, then it will go live on your Facebook page right away without needing to do anything extra. So that's how you can publish your Facebook ad to your Facebook page as a regular post. So this is how you do that. All right, so I'm just gonna come back to this question from our friend. So uh, this is how you do it in 2022. It's the same as how we do it in 2021 or 2020 or even earlier. So just go ahead and try again. If you still have some challenges, then probably you can actually trigger a ticket to your, you know, like the Facebook concierge service to see whether if they, they are able to help you with anything like that. All right, so that's the second question. Now, the third one over here is um, Kiran. Kiran was commenting on my video about TikTok and Facebook ad strategy. Uh, this is my recent video. I actually posted this, I think, about less than a week ago. So this is where I share. In fact, if you're running ads on TikTok, right, you can actually use face. I mean, I'm just imagining, right, if you're actually running ads on TikTok, you'll be driving people to your website. 
So because TikTok retargeting may not be as effective right now because of the certain audience development is not as robust as what Facebook has. So my simple strategy was you can use TikTok to drive audience as the first top tier people to come in uh, because I was told it's in a way cheaper to run ads on that platform because they are lesser competitors. And uh, the second thing is, you know, once they have come, once they've landed on your website, you can actually use Facebook or, you know, Instagram ads to retarget them. Because I'm assuming that if you're on TikTok, you should be also active on Facebook and Instagram. I mean, who doesn't, right? So uh, we just want to create a more seamless and um, integrated advertising journey to make sure that we are capturing the right intent. So basically, Kitten was uh, commenting that he said, great channel. Thank you for that. Um, I hope these tips is useful. But I, the reason I, why I bring this up is not to brag, but I want to also share with you my recent experiment. You see, I... I'm not sure whether you follow my uh, podcast. I talk about this on my podcast. Um, I think about two weeks ago, I started doing experiment posting uh, TikTok videos. I mean, it's a it's a one minute within a minute. Those videos are within a minute. I actually created 30 videos um, to actually post this for 30 days. But in fact, in between, I got busy and uh, we got stuff going on and I was not really as regular as daily per se right now. But then again, we might be. Next week, we're going to go back to the, to, the, to the regular schedule that we're going to do it on a daily basis. So what I observe here is because as we were creating this like, you know, like vertical video that is perfectly built for TikTok, uh, and I did it with uh, some subtitle running it and all that, I was sharing tips, uh, short tips within um, a minute. So since I created those videos, I was also posting on uh, Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. So in all three places, the way I observe it right now here is for this kind of content, because you know what I do is not a dancing kind of video. You know, I was actually doing a lot of like Facebook ads related tips. So what I observed is TikTok is not really giving me a lot of exposure, probably because I was not posting regular enough. Uh, the view is not great, and uh, it's not really growing very well right now. As as of six videos down right now, and uh, YouTube is the same. Maybe I didn't do it correctly with the tags, with the with the with the keywords and all that because. I was not doing as how I post my normal YouTube videos on a daily basis where I actually spend a lot more time to do the optimization in terms of the subject, the descriptions and stuff. Um, for TikTok videos, I did not. I just, gonna, I just put it up with the title and a bit of text. I'm just going to let it go, right? But I also posted it on Instagram. Now, Instagram is the one that got us a lot of, I would say not a lot. I mean, not great deal that started to have a lot of people flocking to the channel uh, or the Instagram account. No, but we... We, we generated some, you know, like a few thousand views. I mean, that's the best. If you compare um, on average, every video I get about less than 30 to 40 views on TikTok, about the same about 30 to 50 views on uh, YouTube, but I will get 3,000 views on Instagram. So uh, based on my early experiment report, I just want to quickly share with you that if you are probably people like me uh, who share this kind of like more like con I mean, it's like professional content or something that is more niche. I would say you probably can start looking at Instagram as a platform because I think people do, uh, I mean, people there are more into consuming instead of just entertainment-based content, they are ready to consume slightly more in-depth content because this, first thing first, as we all know that Facebook users, Instagram users, they are, they are more mature and um, there are more and more mature users going onto Instagram right now, especially Instagram. And of course, we have a mix of younger users who are on Instagram as well as on TikTok. 
But I guess for this kind of niche content, we can start looking at that. I just want to quickly do a quick report based on what I did uh, actually started about a week more or more ago. So I'm going to continue doing it to post, to finish posting my 30 videos. And I probably will come back and do another status report with you guys from time to time. All right. So that's Kiran. Thank you for joining and uh, for the comment. And then, um, then another question I got was from Eloise. Uh, Eloise is an old, old friend. And Eloise posted this question on the Three Marketing Show uh, where Niza talks about the Google Analytics. Uh, guys, if you guys are interested in Google Analytics, uh, my good friend Niza, who is a data scientist from Singapore, is going to do a, you know, like, um, I, I, I'll call this like a workshop, a course. A workshop, you know, it's a live workshop, live training where he's going to walk us through how to use Google Analytics for GA4. It's powerful. So, yeah, it's going to be a live course coming up in June. We are not sure about the date yet, but pay attention to my announcements from time to time uh, to make sure that you catch his course. It's powerful. We're talking about the, the, the outline and all that. I was already so much mind blown. You know, it's going to be fun. So Eloy was asking this question. He was, he, she was asking, shall we implement GA tracking code in the website such as Wix in just one particular section as a whole? Or we need to install it on every pages on the whole website context? Uh, the answer is you don't need to. Just like when we are applying... Uh, in, installing Facebook Pixel, we usually, we are no longer, I mean, most of the time, we are no longer installing the raw code anymore, the base code. We, all we need to do is just to put in the Pixel ID, Facebook Pixel ID, at the section provider there where they will say, oh, Facebook Pixel ID, just place there and turn it on and the code is already applied. It's the same thing. In, in Wix and most, in fact, Google Analytics is actually more, I mean, they have longer history than, than Facebook Pixel. So the technology around this thing is, has been really well developed. So it's the same thing. You just need to go to the place and look for uh, the place for you to put your Google Analytics ID, put it in there, and the system should be able to do it on your own. All right? They should be able to apply uh, the Pixel across the whole entire website because usually on the technical terminology, we are installing this thing at the header section. Header is where, you know, across website, there is this header code where usually is anonymous it's actually not sorry not the word it's universal it applied to every pages that we create on the website including your landing page your usual website pages and all that so every page would have the code installed so that's how it works so Eloise, um yeah you just need to think about how this is how pixel is being installed it's the same thing you don't need to manually do it on every single web page because that will be a bit too much work all right so that's the quick answer to Eloise. thanks for dropping by then we come back to the last question over here that we get from S S Emily. I'll just call you Emily. Now Emily posted this uh this this comment on my video about how to set up Facebook Pixel for Shopee because I really got that question. You know, uh, Jason, can I set up Facebook Pixel on my Shopee so that I can actually capture those who visit my Shopee store uh, and did not buy? I want to do retargeting. I want to follow that right. So. Uh, actually, the short answer here is you can't. Because first thing first, Facebook Pixel can only be installed on platforms or websites that you own. What do you mean by you own? Which means you have access to the back end to install those codes that is needed to be installed on your website or on your server for the conversion API. So basically, if you don't have access, if you're selling on Shopee, of course you don't because it's not owned by you. Uh, it's owned by Shopee. And you have no access whatsoever to the backend except the backend management of your store, which is not a backend technically. It's just a you know a content management system for you to put up 
your content and stuff like that. So that's um, impossible unless you can do it with CPAS access. Uh, Emily typed quite correctly, but it's CPAS without this another S. So CPAS stands for collaborative, collaborative product advertising solution. Collaborative product advertising solution. So basically, what's going to happen is you are going to use a catalog provided by Shopee. Now, technically, the catalog is not owned by you. It's owned by Shopee's Pixel. And that Pixel is also tied to uh, an SDK, which is very similar to convention, conversion API. Pixel and SDK, they are tied together. And then basically, you will be actually getting reports from people who visit Shopee on um, web version and people visit Shopee on the mobile version. So they all combine into a catalog based on all the products that you have on your Shopee store. So that's SIPA. So when they share this catalog with you, with your ads manager, then you'll be able to capture. You First thing first, you can retarget. That's the first benefit of having CPAS, right? So you can actually target people who visit but did not buy or even to target people who bought and stuff like that. And uh, also at the same time, you can actually do, uh, well, what else can you do with that? You, oh yeah, you can actually do attribution, which means when you're running ads on uh, Facebook, in the ads manager, uh, they are able to show you how many conversion you have gotten from the campaign itself. It will be attributed to the right campaign. So that you, because if you're not having CPAS when you run ads on Shopee, for your Shopee store using Facebook ads, You'll be driving traffic, but after the person click and go out from Facebook, you lost uh, the number because you won't be able to track how many actually landed on your Shopee store, how many proceeded to add to cart and purchase and blah, blah, blah. So this can't happen. So uh, if you don't have CPAS, you won't be able to do that. But if you do have CPAS, well, then you'll be able to do that. So that's how this is done. You're going to find a way to get CPAS. Um, as I've been talking about this, in um, it's easiest to get in uh, Thailand right now. I mean, in Southeast Asia region. Uh, Philippines, not as easy. You need to apply. I was told there are ways to apply right now. I'm not sure how effective or how fast would that be. But Malaysia, definitely you can apply. Uh, but I was told that it may not be as fast. And uh, Singapore, I'm not sure. I have not met a lot of Singapore Shopee sellers because I believe, I'm not sure whether they have a lot of different own platforms and whatnot. But I do have um, some from Indonesia who are saying that, well, if you are big enough, you should be able to get it. And yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So different country, they have different policy. I think all you need to do is, well, if you're a new store, you've got to definitely build some status or some, some fundamental as in sales or traffic to your store first. Then you can actually ask around to your peers and see if there's any way that actually you can use to apply for CPAS. So that's how things work for Shopee selling, all right? So, yep, that's it. That's pretty much all the questions that I've received. Thank you so much for um, asking the questions. And uh, for those who are listening or watching this live or the replay, uh, well, thank you so much. And remember, if there are any questions regarding, uh, you know, related to Facebook advertising or digital marketing, feel free to pop the questions on my Facebook, uh, sorry, YouTube channel. Any videos, I'll capture them. Or you can drop me a message on my Facebook page. And yeah, you know, uh, remember I don't engage into commenting and the messaging. Uh, I will only bring your questions back to my AMA on every Sunday night at 10 p.m. 
to answer them over live like this and we can actually do interactions and you know like any anything is fun all right thank you so much guys thank you and i will see you next sunday good night bye bye